And it's hard. It's hard. And I feel like because I feel like I have so much to do and because I want to help so many people that I don't give myself kudos. Because I always feel like there's something else that I need to do. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Hello, everyone. My name is Geneva. I am from Seattle, Washington. I'm also living there and there currently. Um, And my business is Where is Neva? So let's talk about Where is Neva. You started that in September 2018. Girl, look at you and your dates, okay? <laughs> Listen, sometimes I got to go look back. <laughs> You're I like, love it. did I know? She came prepared, y'all, okay? <laughs> oh, my so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I started back September 2018. Um, yeah, and it's my transparency journey. It's where am I physically, romantically, financially, artistically, and mentally. And so I hit on those pillars and I, I tell y'all my shit. And so you also have the podcast where you co-host and it's kind of the same theme as well. Exactly. It's called Where Are You Podcast. And so it's really our Black transparency journey. And so we'll get guests in for our season two and we'll talk about the same pillars and dig real deep and try to talk about healing within the Black community. That's been a huge theme of yours. Like, you talk about healing a lot. Um, scrolling through your Instagram. <laughs> oh, it's you, yes. you my super sleuth. Um, yeah, you talk about healing a lot. What does it mean to you to heal? Oh, a beautiful question. What does it mean for me to heal? It means looking past my trauma and not really looking past it, looking through it and loving it and listening to it and understanding it because 
my traumatic experience and my past and the things that I don't really care for are my truth. And it's not something I can just put under the rug, but I have to understand it and understand that that was me at that point of time and that I will grow to become a better person and I will continue to grow. So healing is growing. And all of those traumatic experiences aren't necessarily from the past. So like, let's get to it, to it. Um, You shared very, very recently uh, experience that you had in Tanzania running up face-to-face with toxic masculinity. Ooh, Wanda, okay. She can't swing it, y'all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love That's it. Yeah. Silly. <laughs> so I also have a blog. So with Where's Neva, the blog area, I talk about um, ending toxic masculinity. And so I share my story and other women, Black women's stories, of toxic masculinity. Um, And so from those experiences, as well as my experience in Tanzania, I just felt like it was needed to be told because I love my Black men. And they're everything. They're the reason why the world is what it is. And so to talk about it is to understand my experience as well as being up front and telling them, hey, we need to fix this shit so we we can move forward. Um, and also understanding that this has been embedded in our history, right? And so I think it's important for us all to look at it and have healthy conversations so that we can move through it. So just like trying to tie everything together a little bit. So mm-hmm. you talk about healing from traumatic experiences. Um, love is something that you embody. Like you talk about love a lot as well. And it seems like in your trying to be yourself and you trying to show up fully in the world, these are the things that you are bumping up against the toxic masculinity. You are a huge advocate for travel within the continent of Africa Mm -hmm. and wanting to connect to home and root and identity there. Um, And that's also a huge part of your expression of yourself. Definitely so. Definitely so. Those are like the two main themes that I could recognize. And also like, of course, your own personal. So aside from your identity and aside from trying to have even just healthy relationships with the other, we don't really talk about them that much here. (laughs) We center ourselves. Um, But there's also your own artistic journey and you embracing that. And that's been super recent for you, it seemed like, um, last November 2019. And you were saying that art is something that you've run from. Mm. But it comforts you. Definitely. As a child, it comforted you. As an adult, when you've been depressed, it has called to you. But you've had imposter syndrome over calling yourself an artist and so your relationship with your art is like it seems like a strange talk about that a little bit wow first of all wanda i'm gonna like send you some of my poetry so you can read it because your voice i've told you this before but sis you can you just you're a great storyteller anyways <laughs> and hearing you like just talk about my my content it's just like wow this is amazing so but no um 
Yeah. So like I stated before, like with all those pillars, it's important for me to be transparent about them all. And art is who I am. And it... I just know, like, going through what I went through, like, from childhood to now, to my past, dealing with men, and all those other things, art was my safe haven, right? And so, going back to painting and going back to drawing, I was told that art didn't pay the bills. And so, I didn't know, like, is that something I was supposed to do? But when I really hit this big depression state, when I lost my job, before I started Where's Neva, I realized that I need to do something. I need to give my mental a break. I can't be sitting in the dark crying all the time. I need to figure out something else. And something told me to go to Michael's. And so I walked down the street and I picked up the easel and a canvas and some paint and I just start painting. And then I had a friend come in and she was like, wow, Geneva, did you do that? And I was like, really? And then from there, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. And then my mom, this is when I was living in D.C., my mother and my sister came and visited me. And my mother bullied me, bullied me into doing a paint and sit with her. And I was like, I don't want to do this, Mom. She's like, no, we're going to do this. We don't have nothing else to do. And so from that time, I was like, I can actually do this. And now I hold paint and sips globally. Um, and I'm currently planning for my mother's birthday on Sunday. And so, yeah, Art, Art said, I'm here. You're not going to forget about me. And I'm glad. I'm glad. Welcome back home. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's so sweet. Because that is another kind of home, isn't it? It's that moving meditation. It's that feeling yourself being lost in the translation of yourself into something else. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And nobody gave us a blueprint. Like Nobody told me this is going to be 20s. Nobody told me this is how my life was going to be after I graduate. I thought I was going to have everything set. My plan was to go to law school after I graduated um, university. And then I lost my father. And I was like, yo. And then that just hit me super hard. And so then from there, I decided to drive across country and move to Maryland because, all right, I might as well be there if I want to go to law school out there. And that didn't, that didn't work. I just kept on losing jobs. I, I quit because I didn't like it or people were talking to me crazy. And I was like, okay, there has to be more to life. And so after losing my job, um, I didn't understand, like... <laughs> It didn't make sense to me to stay there and pay as much as I was paying and rent by myself. And so I was like, you know what, mom, I'm coming back home. And so I packed up my car, did a cross-country road trip, and it was for a month. And I went down the southern route of the states. And I went through Texas and Arizona and stuff like that and slept on people's couches. It was in the car by myself, really trying to figure out, Geneva, what, is you, what do you want to do? And so then when I got to Seattle, I was like, I'm not picking up a job. I'm just going to figure this out because I do want to work for myself. Um, and then three months after working for myself, I left and went to East Africa, Tanzania, Kenya, and Rwanda. And then that's what birth wears Neva from that journey. So true when you talk about like not having a blueprint, especially as an artistic person, 
Um, mm-hmm. Even though like we've done it for how long? Even without monetizing it, like we, we, we've been creators. I think that that comes from our history, from those hundreds of enslaved and limited years. That's why our art is so beautiful and so potent and so soulful. Definitely, um, definitely. But the thing is, it's like we are still creating different forms of it. You know what I'm saying? So every year or even every generation, there's different technology that we are creating. And I would say some people will disagree, but the black community has really headstrong a lot of the art and creative journey. But a lot of our stuff has been stolen from us and it's still being stolen. And so with Where is Neva? I think it's so important for me to be transparent about it and talk about it because there's so many people that can relate to me, even when it comes to art. And they'll be like, yeah, Geneva, I understand. Like, I'm going to step out of my truth because that stuff is scary. Like, why will I continue to create if there's a, someone who can take away from me? You know? That is, that is a huge fear. And it's a, uh, a reality as well, like what you said. Right. Right. So trying to find that balance of doing what you do and being able to make money off of what you do. Wow. But I mean, you can't really control what happens when you put it out there. All you could do is continue to your best. Exactly. And be honest and truthful about it and loving the journey and loving the journey. So talk to us about your mom a little bit. So you said you shared that story about her bringing you back to the art a little bit uh, that one time. Has she overall been supportive of your journey? Um, to her best. <laughs> to her best. Um, there has been times that she just doesn't understand what I'm doing. My mother is an accountant, so she's more about math. And, um, like, even when I was like, mom, I'm about to do YouTube, I'm about to do um, vlogging, and yes, I'm going to make money. She would be like, mm, Geneva, this is what you're about to do when you stayed in my house. I don't understand, right? And so just me continue to, like, tug of war with them. And now they're, now they're understanding what I'm doing. Um, but she has been a big support. So what I would say is that she listened. Um, and that has helped me because it gives me the space to even talk to her about my journey. So she's like, okay, well, you show me what you're going to do. I'm not going to tear you down, but I still may not understand. And so now she's understanding a little bit. <laughs> and she's, she's remarried. So you have a stepfather, correct? Yes. Um, do you have a relationship with him? I do. I do. Um, he's a great man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also not really understanding too um and so that has been very hard but because my mother is more understanding she talks to him about it and be like okay this is what my daughter's gonna do like we're just gonna ride with her and see how it goes and we'll be there to support her and if she falls down we'll pick her up but um since I got back from Ghana they have I would say they really understand. And after I started, or I created the Beyond the Return visual, they were just amazed and like, okay, this is what you're doing. I see it. 
and he tells me he's proud of me more than ever and it's been amazing that beyond the return poetry visual is a masterpiece Thank you, Arthur. It. absolutely <laughs> y'all put y'all backbone y'all put y'all foot up in that thing thank please, you y'all please y'all go check it out um it is on your YouTube. I saw I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah, it's on it their on YouTube. YouTube. It's okay. on Beyond the Returns YouTube. Not it has mine. its own account. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you if you are if you are looking for a body of work, um, like you're looking back at the things that you've created because events like you have pictures and like that's nice and then you have so many mm-hmm. events under your belt but like as an artist as a, a body of work because you do the voiceover for it and it's just like that's something that you can always reference like it's it's so amazing so wonderful thank you yes thank you. adding that to the real <laughs> to your, <laughs> your artist real Right, right. And it's crazy that you say that because it's like I've I've done a lot of events, but it's so because we're always in this movement of, okay, what else can I accomplish? It's hard to really step and celebrate those moments. And after I finished Beyond the Return with the other creatives, I had to step back and say, yo, I did that. Like, yo, I creatives helped me accomplish one of my biggest dreams and that's insane right and a lot of those creators were complete strangers I met them when I was in Ghana <laughs> and they just said oh after I proposed a project I was like yeah damn and I got sponsors to like donate to the project so I can provide all the transportation costs and different things but it was it's remarkable I'm still amazed to this day but like that's one of your superpowers too is like because your heart is so big and you're looking for it you you often collaborate mhm and yeah. like not everybody can work with other people <laughs> <laughs> especially with as many people for that particular project like i don't know specifically but it seems like there were a lot of hands in the pot so being able to coordinate all of that and be a part of it as well Like, that's really, really dope. Let me tell you this, Wanda. Because I didn't know these people, and they didn't really know each other, that was one of the craziest projects I ever did. (laughs) That was my first time to Ghana, and I literally, when I went to Cape Coast Castle, I was, I, something told me, Geneva, do not record here. And because I'm a content creator, I love recording and being a YouTuber. It's like, okay, this is important content that I want to create. But something was like, Geneva, do not record here. And it was heavy in my heart. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to record. And so walking through the castle, like, it was just crazy emotions. And the smells were, oh, it's hard to explain. Like, whoever goes to Ghana, please go to Cape Coast Castle. Anyways, after leaving, I was like, I have to create something. I don't know what it is, but I have to. And so I revisited some of my old poetry, and I found the poem that I um, was for Beyond the Return. And I was like, I should do something with this. And I was like, I don't know what. Like, maybe I can create a visual. I don't know what that looks like. 
And so a few days earlier, I met this guy who was a creative director at Afrochella. And so I sent him the poem and I was like, I really want to do something with this. Um, and I see that you're a creative director. Uh, is there any way that you can help me? And he was like, create a mood board. And I was like, what is a mood board? I don't know what that is. He's like, here, I'll send you an example. So he sent me an example. I looked at it. And then I created a mood board from what I knew. And my cousin helped me. And then I sent it back to him. And he was so amazed. And he was like, yes, let's work. And so two days after, I met him. And then my cousin, who's a photographer, met with this other photographer. And I was like, I really want a photographer on this project. And so I proposed and told him the idea. He agreed. And so the creator director and the photographer agreed. And so he's like, I have, like, he's like, I have friends that will be dope on this project. And he started naming these friends to my cousin. And I kid you not, Wanda, these people start showing up at the mall that we're sitting at. He didn't call them or nothing. They just start showing up. And so while they were showing up, I kept on pitching the idea. And I pitched it to like six people that day. And then from there, I pitched it um, to people on Instagram. And all these people agreed. And I was like, okay, now I have all these people. And they're down for this project. But how am I going to fund it? I had no idea how I was going to fund it. And so I went on to Instagram and I was like, hey, this in Twitter. I was like, hey, do you all know how to find sponsorships? Nobody respond. And I said, okay, there got to be another way. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask my followers to be sponsors. And I asked my followers to be sponsors. And I kid you not, we probably got like 20 sponsors on this project. And everything was covered because of the sponsorships. And some of the people who were a part of the creative team, it was their first time even leaving um their home to go to Cape Coast Castle and Cape Coast Castle is like three hours away from the city and I was just to this day there's not words to express how how I feel and how honored I feel to be able to connect those individuals together as well as getting the sponsors to help me I had no idea that people would want to help me with a project like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm about to start crying talking to you about it. <laughs> but that's like, that's what I mean. Like, that's so powerful. Do you know how many, I mean, clearly you do, but like the full, the full realization of how many parts have to come together in order for that to happen the way that it, that it happened. Man. I had no idea. I had no idea. Especially like when they actually just started showing up. So you didn't have to like call these people and track them down. Like they started showing up. No. What is we, about? We recorded that video in two days. Two so days. No and I had, a, I had to play with kids, Wanda. I had to chase kids around so they wouldn't be in the video. Oh, not only was I directing, <laughs> not only was I directing, I had a childcare service. I had to, uh, <laughs> crazy. So they were the kids of the of the people who were in the project. No, it was kids like at the beach. Oh, these are all public places, and so I wanted yeah. the shoot to look like it was just us. Right. And so I had to like there was some naked kids running around. I had to like chase them off. I'm like, come on! And then I had to like go get them snacks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and because of the sponsors, I was like, I was able to get the snacks. It was just it was bad. There's so you see how listening to the call 
unfolds Listen, for you? Are you being more intentional with the superpower that you have? Yes, ma'am. I listen to my intuition like crazy, crazy. And sometimes it's scary, but I'm like, dang, okay. <laughs> you said it. I'll do it. I don't know. I just get this. I get this notion that you're holding back. And it could be because you're humble. But I just wonder if you're like not fully going after it because whatever it is, because you don't understand your own power. Mm. Damn, Wanda. What do you think? <laughs> it's crazy that you say that. Oh. Um, it is crazy you're not the only person that said that to me. Um, they tell me they, I had a friend who said, Geneva, you don't give yourself enough praise. And I, to be honest, to be honest, I don't really know how to do that. I'm trying to celebrate myself, but it's hard. It's hard because it's like, I have this goal. I want to move out of my family's house soon. Um, and I want to own some houses and properties and stuff like that. And so it's like, I want to work hard, 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 hard. And even every day of quarantine, I've been working, <laughs> get up at like seven thirty, working until like 9 PM because I have this big goal, but it's like, that will, that's not healthy. And I try to tell myself that. And I try to listen to my intuition and tell me to rest. Um, but because like I know what I want, it's hard to. So you saying that is crazy to me. But that's the point is like, so you have this goal and you think that the actions that you're taking are going to get you to the goal. But your intuition, it sounds like, and other people close to you observing you, see that you have the potential to fill your goal another way. Mm. But you're, which like this can happen. Like we think that we're going, we ask for something. We think that it's going to come a specific kind of way. And it shows up in a, it usually <laughs> shows up in a different kind of way. Like the thing that we really want. But in order to get there, you take the steps and then listen and pivot and pivot and pivot in order to be like, oh, like I'm here or I'm close or whatever. Definitely. But how do you know when you're close? I mean, I think it, it comes with if you're really clear about what it is that you want. Are you clear mm. about how you want your days to be, who you want to be there, the kind of activities, the energy, like how you spend your time. If you're clear about those things, it's a lot easier to know when you're experiencing it. And like realistically clear. So, you know, <laughs> not the fairy tale stuff. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's like, okay, well, if there are problems, I'm in a headspace to be able to not panic and remain calm so that I can figure out a solution to the problem. Mm. The problems don't define me. The problems don't rock my world or like, you know, something like that. 
a, a balancing. It's not like, oh, everything is going to be great and wonderful and nothing bad right. is ever going to happen again in my life. Right. And the thing is, it's like, I understand that there's going to be bad days just as well as good days. Um, now I'm thinking, do I really understand that? But I do. <laughs> I do understand that. But like, and do I, you? Is it a logical understanding or is it a heart understanding? So, so this is my, mm, this is my. Dang, Wanda. Well, <laughs> hey, I told you, I warn every single body. I warn y'all. <laughs> We're going to yes. talk. <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right, okay. I don't know why. I'm buckling oh, my no. seatbelt now. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's like there have been some things, and I have no idea what they are, that have happened to you that have hit you below the belt, and you are in the process of trying to stand up again and feel firm. Like I see you do your affirmations and stuff like that. That, and you talk about the healing. So. So that's my impression is that you're trying to stand up firmly in who you are, but you are still, you just hurt, mm. baby girl, just a little bit hurt. That's, that's what, that's what I think. What do you think? Mm. I feel like there are days where I am and there's days that I feel I feel good. Um, and I just, I'm very transparent about all those days within social media. Um, even when it comes to like Instagram, especially like my stories and in my YouTube channel, like even the video you talked about, the ending toxic masculinity or when I was in Tanzania, I talked about that situation and how it hurt me about the man threatening me and making me leave. Um, but then I also talked about what I learned from that. And so I feel like me being transparent about everything has helped me become even stronger. Yes, I'm still hurt. Yes, I still sit with the death of my father on my heart. I still sit with being um, hurt by black men and not really understanding why I still sit with that, but I feel like because I'm not alone and because I'm open to talk about it, it has helped me. And I'm going to, and I, I'm manifesting this and I'm speaking to these instruments is that I'm going to understand it even more and believe in black love and believe in loving a black man even more. Um, but yeah, you're right. There is hurt. Um, and I'm very vocal about it. So how do you, how do you step into who you are with your whole self mm. in your process and claim what is yours? So you saw how you made that project happen. You saw how you've been able to do paint and sips around the world. Um, you see how your content is hitting with people. Do, do you see how your content is hitting with people, actually? To an extent. Right? <laughs> so that's <laughs> what I mean. So, like, there's a difference between knowing something and, like, embodying it. Mm. The logical. Because, like, I, 
I probably haven't told you anything new. I, I think that you've told yourself or have heard it from someone else, right? So then what's missing is how do you internalize that and transform it and transmute it into something that you could use to fuel yourself? Mm. When my mother passed away, um, I spent some time like volunteering. And then after volunteering, I started doing stuff that I was just interested in that I never had stuff to do as a kid. So I I was taking like dance classes, (laughs) like at my big age, like 20 something, taking dance classes when like a lot of the people in those classes had been taking classes since like they were six, like birth or whatever. So that was really interesting, but like, uh, and painting and like doing whatever, doing things that made me feel like myself and made me feel alive because the person that I loved no longer had that privilege, no longer had that ability And if there was a possibility that there's still some connection, um, as, as my ancestor now, as, Mm. as somebody advocating for me, hopefully advocating for me on the other side, so to speak, would she be proud of what I'm doing? What do you think? Well, yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And if she not, she better get with it. <laughs> but that's how I feel. Like, yeah, yeah, that's not like I'm not putting on. Like, that's literally mm-hmm. how I feel because I'm doing this to to the best of my ability. Of course, there's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here in thought, like deep thought right now. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's I'm always in deep thought, but over a podcast. Hello. Oh. <laughs> You thought this was a podcast. No, yeah. but, but like that's that's what it becomes. So it's like, yes, it hurts. Yes, the hole is big. No, it will never be filled. No relationship will ever feel that. Because it seems like your father, it seems like that relationship, that was your heart. Mm. What did he give you that no one else gave you? Damn, Wanda. <laughs> Got me over here tearing up. Oh, shoes. If you guys hear my tears, I'll say nothing. So just kidding. Um, what did he give me that no one else gave me? Dang, that's deep. No, no pressure. First of all, it's not my business. No, no not at all. I'm very trans. I'm, I'm, the thing is, it's like, I don't mind being open. I don't at all at all but I'm, I'm just trying to figure out because me and my dad had a rocky relationship before he passed and right before he passed it was sudden and we were supposed to do counseling sessions to heal our relationship to be honest um and so like trying to think about what he gave me before it's kind of hard because it's like I was so into what he didn't give me. I mean, what I wanted, right? Um, but my dad did the best he could. 
um, for what he knows, but for what he knew. Um, so that question is kind of hard. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, and to be honest, completely honest, Wanda, I feel like that's why I have a hard time when it comes to black men. Um, and that's something that I'm like trying to dig and really understand. Um, because I know it's not like, I mean, hmm. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just so complex. It's so complex. Yeah. And so it's very complex. So I'm just trying to figure out like what it is. I mean, a father, he loved me like a father, but it's like I had, I have a stepfather and my stepfather loves me unconditionally as well. But I just feel like because I'm so in tune with our history of being black Americans and understanding what our ancestors went through. I just feel like that's why I'm so big on healing is because the traumatic experiences, I honestly believe we're still like suffering through and it was, it's connected to our womb in a way because I don't know. I don't know about anybody else's ancestors or family or parents. I don't have anybody that really faced their childhood traumas or try to end that cycle and um, break those chains. And so I'm trying to do it. And I'm also trying to help my mother do it, who's just now in therapy and working through her own situation and stuff like that, as well as helping others do it by being vocal and open about it with my own journey. And it's hard. It's hard. And I feel like because I feel like I have so much to do and because I want to help so many people that I don't give myself kudos because I always feel like there's something else that I need to do. But what if there wasn't? I mean, of course there is, but like, what if where you are right now is okay? Healing is a process that takes mm-hmm. time and it's layered. It's not like you heal the father wound or the mother wound or the romantic relation wound all at one go. It's layered, right? And mm-hmm. that takes time. So it's not something that you have to do all right now today. Because it's impossible. Right. So how does one give kudos to themselves during their healing process? Just like what you did. You recognize how far you've come. You recognize that you are enough. What you're doing is enough. You be clear with yourself about the things that you want to work towards. Because... There's work in you that wants to come out. Mm. And you honor that. That's how you give kudos to yourself is to express yourself as an artist, as a content creator, as a speaker, as a writer, doing your vlogs. Like you're, you're doing the work and it's enough, but you have to internalize that and know that it's enough as you continue to do it. 
you just live with it every day, you know? You just layer by layer. Just be gentle with yourself. Give yourself some grace. It's not it's not a big old box that you got to unpack right now because it's just impossible. There's, there's no way to give everything the attention and the, the energy that it needs. It's like, if you have a whole bunch of kids running around, nobody gets exactly what they need. If you have just Mm. one or two, it's, it's more easy to pay attention to what each one specifically needs. Right. Mm hmm. But like you just give yourself the grace. So that's that's what I mean. That's I think that's what I'm saying about you not stepping fully into it. It's because your mind is preoccupied by this. I got to heal. I got to heal. And I got to help this person heal. And what about these people that did me wrong? And that hurts and that hurts. If you're focused on something being wrong, you're going to find things that are wrong. But then it, the thing is, it's like I don't. I don't think about them doing me wrong, right? I think about like the guy from Tanzania. Mm-hmm. I know the reason why he did what he did wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like he needs healing within himself and then he has things that he needs to focus on. So that's what I talked about in the YouTube video. I think what I, I be trying <laughs> I be trying to do is try to talk about and have these conversations as if I can help black men heal together. And it's not my job to do, but it's like being able to share my story and other women's stories about the things that has happened to them. Like one of the stories I shared was this woman who got ran over by a man. And the reason why I wanted to share her story is because I wanted her to understand that she's not alone. I also want her to understand that she has a voice. And I also want people to, especially black men, to so see that this is a problem. This is something we really need to talk about and have conversations about so that we can heal. <laughs> so we can go through this because it's like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to just walk away as if it doesn't hurt me or it doesn't hurt this woman or it doesn't hurt them per se. And like one of the projects I'm sitting on is I interviewed 15 men about the term toxic masculinity. And we talked about like their journeys of just sexuality and masculinity and all this other stuff. And their answers were so different. And I just feel like we haven't had that healthy conversation where it's not men against women, but how together we can work through whatever we need to work through. Um, But yeah, I feel like I sometimes put a lot on my plate and think I can help everybody when (laughs) sometimes it's just not my job. Sometimes it is not your job. (laughs) But this is work that's important to you. This is work Mm -hmm. that has impacted you. This is work that you have seen have impacted others. If it is work that is too heavy, then put it down when it gets too heavy. Mm -hmm. But if you have the space for it, that's when you you pick it up and you take it to a larger scale. You could start doing more interviews. You could make it like a bigger project. You could try and get it funded like to, to have more conversations. You can focus mm-hmm. on women. You can include men if you want. 
but if if you if this is something you want to grapple with if this if you decide that this is something that it's just like how you were talking about people's perspective on different countries in Africa and how you want to shed more light if you are a light bearer so to speak figure out how you could do that in the most healthy way for yourself figure out how you can be involved and what you have to give and then don't try to go beyond that until you have more to give you know what i mean it's like a constant measuring of your own energy it's like, beautiful i don't think you can just sit with one thing for any amount of time so like you just switch to something else you know what i mean right, painting right. Tips where it's not about healing and it's not about the whole collective because <laughs> like that's big right <laughs> that's really big right it's just right. the way you look at it if you see it as too big it's always going to be too big but if you see some part that you could do you do that part put it down come back to it pick it back up definitely i see it i see it definitely it's a dance right you just it definitely it. is i think that i think that any creator whether you're a writer or anything an, an actor even like if you are creating with the essence of yourself there's literally only so much that you could give for an amount of time because mm. it's it's draining right if you're putting everything into it and then you got to take a step back and whatever whatever and then you come back to it but there has to be cut off times there just have to be because we have to refresh ourselves as people we have to do something else that feeds us and gives us energy and not just things that drain us drain us drain us right right do you give yourself breaks girl <laughs> all the time yeah um i like to watch bob's burgers <laughs> i love it I and love it. it's like um black as hell but like it's just something that's easy and it's entertaining and like yeah for me it's entertaining for me i don't watch things that agitate me i tried to watch uh when they see us i tried mm. to watch that just like last week or something like that i couldn't even make it through the first episode um my spirit can't take it. Mm. I just can't. I can't watch that be played out like that. It's bad enough knowing a story and seeing it reenacted is just traumatizing. So, you know, we dance with ourselves. <laughs> right, right. That's deep. I love that. I love that you listen to yourself and you be like, nah, this is too much. Well, not always, but... Because <laughs> we're not perfect, so right. we make mistakes. We mishandle ourselves sometimes. Right, right. I love it. Dang, I went to a therapy session. Shoot, Wanda. <laughs> so let me it. ask you, Miss Geneva. Um, yes. you wrote that traveling for you is to experience the world, is to lend your heart, and to give a little piece of yourself. And you wrote that while you were volunteering. Um, I don't remember which country. Um, what does it mean to you to to give a piece of yourself? Dang, now thinking about it, like from our conversation, I'm like, whoa, 
<laughs> but um, giving a piece of myself looks like, I would say even creating. Um, the photo that you're talking about is, um, I was in Tanzania where I did a study immersion trip a culture immersion through my um, university. So it was a study abroad trip. And we were in Tanzania for a month. And um, we were working with some students. And I would, like, just draw pictures for them so that they can color and they can learn English. Doing that, I just realized, like, I really do love, just love making people happy because just seeing these kids color was just a joy. And I was like, wow, I created something that people actually want to color and stuff like that. Um, so creating like beyond the return, it's just really creating content and smiling and meeting people and introducing others. Um, I do a lot of networking, even through Instagram. Like I'll have, I'll meet like a celebrity or a Tanzanian celebrity, and I'll introduce them to someone in Canada through Instagram. So I like doing that too. Um, so I feel like a piece of me is just really leaving happiness and leaving a smile. Um, would you say that traveling as a Black woman has impacted your travels? Yes, very much so. Very much so. But it did in the bad. Um, I recently posted a con a video on YouTube. It was titled is Barcelona racist. And I had a conversation with this white male who I think was from Europe, who kept on asking me questions about just being black and American in America. And it was very traumatizing. <laughs> it was very hard because it's just like, First of all, I have this conversation way too much in America to be traveling and having this conversation with a white male standing at 6'8". Like, this is terrifying. Um, so I have, like, experiences like that. Um, I'm also a solo travel for the most part. So those experiences were more good than bad. But, like, dealing with um, the situation in Tanzania, too, was traumatizing. But... For the most part, <laughs> I don't want people to be like, oh, don't travel solo as a black woman. No, not at all. But for the most part, it's been amazing. I met so many great individuals, um, more travelers in different countries and stuff like that. So it has, it's been impactful, more positive than bad. What are some of your self-care practices? Some of my self-care practices. Um, I do gratitude walks. Um, I go walking and I say things that I'm grateful for. Um, sometimes I just like, I'll take road trips, um, and long or short, and just sit with no music and just sit there and think about things. And people will probably say... <laughs> Maybe I should play some music here and there, but no, I love just sitting in quietness, thinking and listening to the nature. Um, I love, I love hiking um, and reading and writing. 
writing is my go-to. But yeah, those are my self-care. Do you have any song lyrics or a poem that speaks to you these days? Any song lyrics or poem that speaks to me? Um, I'll have to look up something. Um, I love, I love Neo Soul. So I don't really know any lyrics verbatim, but I love anything Neo Soul. So I listen to um, a lot of music, Soul Child and Anthony Hamilton and Erica Badu. Um, but yeah, I don't know any lyrics verbatim. And when you are in a new place, like how do you like to explore when you're traveling? How do I like to explore? I love traveling with locals. So I love meeting locals and have them or ask them to take me to local eateries and local places so I can experience a local lifestyle. Um, for the most part, when I do travel, I stay a long period of time, especially in Africa. Like, so like this recent time I was in Ghana for a month. And so I met a lot of locals who took me to some clubs and took me to some neighborhood restaurants and it was dope. So I really love the local lifestyle. Um, tourist lifestyle is cool. Um, but locals, I love doing local things. You said that celebrating is a little bit difficult for you, but I have <laughs> been asking the ladies, how do they like to celebrate themselves? I love it. I love it. How do I like to celebrate myself? Eating. <laughs> um, I don't drink as much as I used to, but drinking used to be fun and um, partying. But I like eating. I love having deep intellectual conversations. Um, I feel like that's celebrating in a way. Um, but I also like to just sit back and watch a Netflix movie. And watching, like, I watch, like, a whole bunch of TV shows. I love Family Guy. You said Bob Burgers. But I do like Family Guy, and I love just going to sleep to it. Family Guy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pull your card on that one. I tried, like, just, like, the other night, like, I uh, saw, like, a little clip on YouTube. And I was like, this is terrible. Like, they're so... Family Guy is so... <laughs> They're terrible. They just say all the wrong things about everything. They make fun of everything. It's horrible. And I don't even like talking about people. So <laughs> just watching them, just like, okay, that's how they really feel. It just, it just, <laughs> it's like one of my stupid pleasures because I'm just like, hmm, but I go to sleep to it. So <laughs> maybe that's not <laughs> soothing sounds of people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, Bob Burgers is it? Yeah, Bob. The same? There's not the same. I thought it was the same. Nah. No, really? not at all. So, okay, what I like about Bob's Burgers is that um they're poor. <laughs> like they're mm. poor. And he's like a very principled dude. He wants to make a really good burger, but he doesn't do the things that he needs to do business-wise to really make himself pop. So he stays kind of small. 
And of course, like, I think all of us can identify on some level with that. Um, he even had like a friend come through who tried to invest like a hundred grand and the guy is like really successful in business and he goes and buys like a gimmick. Uh, he bought a bunch of tiki um, themed stuff. So another restaurant went out, went out of sale. That's not important to the story, but anyway, so he brings in the tiki stuff and people start coming in, which is great, but Bob is like, okay, but how'd you enjoy the burger? And they were like, oh, like, I guess it was good. (laughs) Right. So then like he tries to give the dude back his money. That's just like one example. But the whole family is really funny. Um, They're terrible parents, which I think we can all relate to. (laughs) They have three kids. Um, The smallest is my favorite because she's just like wise beyond her years and she cusses and she's loud and I guess I could just identify. I'm the youngest of 10 children. Wow. So I just kind of, yes. That's that's a beautiful family. (laughs) It's just, I don't know. I, 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 there aren't, I don't know why I gravitated towards that. I just started binge watching it maybe like last year. Mm. There's like nine or 10 seasons, maybe 11. I don't know. But I don't know why I gravitated towards that specific show, but yeah. I guess I I just have to try it out. I I think what it is is like, I don't have to think about being black. Like, of course, Mm. I I think about being black because it's like, oh, well, that character could have been black or that's a black character, but that voice actor is clearly white. Like, I think about that stuff sometimes, but, you know, like watching Bebe's Kids or um, uh, the Boondocks or something like that. Like, I have to think about being black and the injustices that come with that and like with this I don't have to think about race so it's just something easy to have on while I work I don't really watch it like I listen to it usually while I'm working Mm. I love that I love that (laughs) because think about family guy family guy say the most racist shit ever and I'm like wow racist sexist homophobic trans horrible 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 they brought they had like uh Bruce Jenner come dressed as a woman to entertain the troops like it's that he's like hey this is what you're fighting for guys and Bruce Jenner comes out and it's just like y'all are doing the most (laughs) so yeah but yes Milady, um, do you have any like hobbies or interests that you just do for yourself? <laughs> I love that question because I feel like someone told me that I don't have to try to monetize everything that I need to like find a hobby and like just do it. Um, I love playing board games. That's be a hobby. Um, like I said, I love reading. Um, that's a hobby. And like dancing and listening to Neil. So I had so much fun today on TikTok. Like I was literally felt I felt like I was in a club. And I was like, yo, this is why people go to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of how much I love dancing. Mm-hmm. Um and so dancing, put some music on and just having a good time with myself. What kind of books do you like to read? <laughs> um, a lot about race, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, like bell hooks. 
Yes, yes. Um, I recently read a book called Between the World and Me. Oh, yeah. Ta-Nehisi. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal book. His language is so colorful. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Um, and I kind of want to read it again. But I also love self-help books. Um, I, list, I read The Alchemist. That's a really good book. Um, and The Four Agreements. I really like that book. So it's either between the both. And I feel like that's a lot of my content that I create between the both of those. So I always like to have my guests share uh, the ways that they like to be supported. So for listeners to support your work, is there a specific link or a specific piece of content you would like them to go to? I would love the support on my YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, I'm so close to being monetized. And I heard that YouTube check is a beautiful check. So <laughs> uh, if you can subscribe to my channel, that means um, that means the world. Um, and just watch some of my videos and comment. That will be great. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was super deep. I love it. I love it. Uh, I don't know what the girls think when they contact me or I reach out to them. I don't know what they think it's going to be, but this is what it is. So I love it. I love it. It's definitely, definitely needed podcast. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. But you have yourself a gorgeous evening, Miss Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> Listen, Wanda, if you're not on TikTok, please get on TikTok. You have and do like the scene where all the people are like screaming. They got their hands in the air. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it makes you feel like you're in the club. Millie rocking <laughs> on every block. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I was in there twerking to Chapa style. I don't know if anybody really knows what Chapa style is, but I was twerking to Chapa style earlier today. You couldn't tell me nothing. Hilarious. <laughs> But you have a phenomenal day as well. Thank you. Take good care of yourself. I will talk to you soon. We'll see you on YouTube. Hey, see y'all there. Much love, family. (laughs) All right, bye.